Hello, everybody. Jace here. Quick message before we get to the main episode. Uh, you know, I try not to get too political on the show. Maybe if that's something that really interests the guest, we might get into a little bit of politics, but mostly we're here to just celebrate comics. But uh, I can't ignore what's going on in the world, specifically the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. So uh, on our Twitter, pinned as the tweet, is a link to UNICEF which is an organization that focuses on uh, areas of the world where there is a lot of strife, war going on. Specifically, they try to provide clean water, medical care, and other uh, essential needs specifically for children and families. So regardless of which side of the fence you're on, whether or not you believe that one side or the other is right or wrong, uh, we can all agree that children and their families shouldn't be suffering for the choices that their leaders are making. So please, if you have a few dollars, uh, every little bit helps. You can go to unicef.org, that's U-N-I-C-E-F dot O-R-G, and just look for the Ukraine appeal. Click there, or you can go to the Comic Source Twitter account, and the link is there for you to donate. So uh, again, appreciate the support, everybody, and I uh, hope you're all being safe out there. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Comic Source. I'm your host, Chase, along with Blake Whitlow, who's created the amazing Spawn reading order that we're using to go through and celebrate 30 years of Spawn, 30 years of Image Comics. So uh, if you want more details, go back and listen to the episode yesterday. I dropped it all like I usually do, explaining how this got started, how we're celebrating 30 years of Spawn, what you can expect going forward. So all that being said, we're going to go ahead and dive into the issue for this episode. It's issue number 59 of the regular series of Spawn. So let me go ahead and share my screen so you can check it out. Uh, and you see there by the cover that this issue uh, all about Cyan. She's got some chains around her. Does that mean Spawn has her? She's crying. Ooh, yeah, enough to break your heart. Uh, quick recap as we check inside the front cover. Uh, credits, Todd McFarlane. Story, Capullo on the pencils. McFarlane, Chance Wolf is listed ahead of Danny Mickey now, uh, but Mickey's still there on inks. Tom Orzakowski, copy editor and letters, and then Haberlin and Kemp on colors as usual. The 58 uh, summary that we talked about yesterday, uh, Eddie and Andy, the two abused kids that Spawn saved way back in issue number 29 from their father, found their way to New York, wanted to stay with Spawn. That wasn't a great idea. He got mixed up with a drug dealer. Eventually, killed the drug dealer uh, accidentally. Um, and the last sentence there, Eddie and Andy are forever stripped of their innocence. So yeah, pretty rough and uh, emotional issue uh, last time. So diving into this one, a little poetic license with the art here from McFarland. We've talked, or uh, Capullo rather, we've talked about it before. Like their house is in a neighborhood, but every once in a while, uh, you can see that top middle panel there. McFar uh, Capullo, I keep saying McFarland. Capullo draws it like it's some isolated cabin out in the woods. But um, it, we're talked about how um, 
we each reap what we sow and, and about balance and uh, self-determining fate and karma, basically, as we zoom in on Cyan, she's sleeping in her crib. And based on the word balloon, the bottom of that nine panel grid, which says sleep tight, angel, um, it's pretty clear that Spawn visits Cyan from time to time just to look in on her and make sure that she's safe and sleeping and um, and secure. The other thing that McFarland talks about through these pages is the idea of what it is that guides us as we're trying to live our lives and fulfill our destinies. And he talks about guilt, which is definitely a um, something that Al Simmons feels. And I would go so far as to say he wallows in it at times. He takes the blame for things that he probably shouldn't. Um, and you would think that based on the amount of guilt he carries around, first of all, two things, he must be Catholic. Second, he would make better choices because you don't want future things to feel guilty about, but yet, yet he does. So anyway, he does visit with Terry as long as he's there uh, as well. Actually frightens Terry as Terry's, you know, not hasn't been sleeping well, gets up in the middle of the night to get a drink of OJ and the house uh, startles him. He's like, what are you doing here? Hey, I'm delivering a message. I'm, I'm getting restless. I'm tired of sitting around uh, waiting for you to tell me when we can make a move on when. Uh, you know, we need to, we need to do something. And Terry's like, I'm working on it. I'm trying to find proof. And Spawn's like, not fast enough, man. Like this Forsberg isn't giving us the information you thought you would need. And like, honestly, I'm tired of, um, I'm tired of babysitting him, <laughs> you know, um, the longer I sit around and just let things happen, the more innocent people get hurt. At least that's been Al's experience to the, to this point. Uh, and it even says, yeah, I recently ran into a couple of kids I know. One of them now has a bullet hole in his arm and the other is a murderer. So again, that's kind of stretching it. I don't really think that Eddie murdered that guy. But again, Al's got to kind of wallow in this existence and, and sort of self-pity. So yeah. I think uh, I think that's just Al's mentality of it because he's a killer. He kills people all the time. That was his job. And he's killed quite a few people since then. He literally has a throne of dead bodies. So I think what he deems as murder is kind of up in the air. Like yeah. he's not the most reliable source on what is and isn't distinguishes murder. Maybe yeah. to him, everything is murder. It doesn't matter what the reason is or anything. Like it led to someone dying. That's murder to him. Yeah, it's yeah. He definitely has a skewed perspective. That's no more clear than when he uh, his response to uh, to Terry's question. He's like, "Well, Terry's like, well, what do you want me to do? It's like, do anything. Speed up this detox of Forsberg. Like, you know, I'm, I'm tired of living this nightmare while you're sleeping with my wife. <laughs> like, it's like, damn. He still won't let go of that. Yeah, he won't <laughs> let go, dude. She's not your wife. You were dead for five years. She's not your wife. But again, yeah, he can't. He can't let go. And Terry kind of yells back, like, back off, man. I'm pushing this as hard as I can. You've got to be more patient. Um, so, yeah, not not the best situation. Of course, the ruckus attracts Wanda. And right as she turns on the light, Al teleports away. And he, Terry goes to work the next day. And uh, he's thinking, yeah, he's, he's, he really needs to find whatever it is he needs to find so they can take the next step and, and take out Win. So, uh Wanda and Cyan spend the day together. We get a 
couple of pages here, or at least one page anyway, of, of their kind of their day and just told about how much Wanda appreciates her, her child and loves spending time with her and whatnot. While on the, on the flip side, we get Al's perspective, you know, and, and the guilt back to the idea of guilt, the guilt that he was never able to give Wanda a child and, you know, how he's tortured by that fact. And that's part of why he threw himself into his job and became the killing machine that he was for win because he, he was in a way he was punishing himself for not being able to give Wanda what she wanted. So yeah, even, even before Al Simmons was a, was a hell spawn in a way he lived somewhat of a, a tortured existence in, in a lot of ways. And for that reason, when he died, uh, we're told that Wanda thought, well, at least now that he's dead, he can, his soul can finally rest in peace. And, and, and that's what she hoped for. So obviously uh, she didn't get her wish. Those prayers were, were definitely not answered. So Spawn's finally tired of sitting around waiting for, uh, for Forsberg to get the answers and uh, that, that he's seeking. And so he does, he gives Forsberg an ultimatum again, Forsberg, not all there still traumatized by the torture and uh, starvation and, and all the trauma that he's been through. But Spawn does give him a deadline like, hey, I'm leaving. You, you got three hours to come back to your senses and tell me what I need to know. You know, you and I are a lot alike. We're, we're two of just thousands of innocent people who Jason Wynn has affected and, and ruined their lives. So, you know, get your shit together and, and tell me what I need to know. And you kind of like, I get that Al's impatient, but this dude's not all there, man. Like, I don't know why you think giving him a deadline is going to do any good. Like he's under huge amounts of mental duress. What, what Al doesn't seem to understand is like when people go through traumatic experiences like this, they relive that pain every single day. So to everyone else, it's like, dude, it's been like five years. Get over it already. But for the person who's affected, it's every single day. And that's what Forsberg is going through. He yep. lost family and he's tortured al has enough decency to recognize that they're both affected we were talking a few episodes ago when forsberg was first introduced that they are very similar and almost paralleled in in some regards because they were tools that jason used uh to achieve his own ends and al's acknowledging that here but he's He's so self-centered. He's yeah. like over years of mental torture and drama in, in three hours or else. It's like, yeah, sure. That's really going to make him relax, Al. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really, really not. Um, so as Al heads off to do whatever it is he's going to do, uh, the scene turns to Jason Wynn and, you know, Terry, he just doesn't learn his lesson. Like you've been searching for information on Jason Wynn. Now, you know previously that your search for information on Jason Wynn is part of, along with Al stealing a bunch of weapons that you knew where they were, uh, got Wynn's attention and had him framing you and trying to kill you and your family. So now you've gone into Jason Wynn's department. You've got a promotion into his department. So you can try to get close to him so you can find even more information. But you're still not covering your tracks, dude, because it's been found out like they've, they've basically cross-referenced all the warehouses, all the places where they've had issues 
with their weapons being destroyed or being found or just whatever problems they've had. And they, they're cross-referencing it with uh, files that Terry Fitzgerald has used his top secret access to, uh, to gain uh, knowledge of. He's accessed these files and these files match up with where they've had problems in the world. Like you could not have a bigger smoking gun. And so, you know, Wynn says, well, I guess we just found our leak and the reason for all of these coincidental disasters. So Terry's right back under the hot seat. He, he is really not a good like secret agent guy. Like, he's <laughs> no. just not. Uh, and maybe that's why he was always, you know, in, in more of the, um, translation side of things or, you know, analyst side of things rather than an actual, uh, operative. So, uh, paper pusher, you know, yeah. like he wasn't cut out for this. No, kind of stuff. he's not he's terrible at covering his track. So meanwhile, uh, Cyan and Wanda are continuing to enjoy their day. Cyan's coloring the phone rings. Wanda goes to answer it. Nobody's there. When she goes back into the other room where Cyan is, Cyan's not there. So she checks all her usual hiding places and, uh, to her dismay, she cannot find her anywhere and then when she goes to look in her room she sees a shadowy figure with a red cape grab cyan and then disappear as wanda passes out uh so she immediately calls the cops and says hey this guy spawn again known to the police has kidnapped cyan i mean what is she she's supposed to think and uh interspersed in there we see apparently where al went was to get his weapons uh, he is tired of waiting to take out win. He's given Forsberg the deadline. He's going to go arm up. He's going to go back, get the information he needs from Forsberg, whatever that is, and finally take out win, apparently. Um, so meanwhile, Terry comes home from work, finds out, uh, you know, obviously uh, Wanda had called him and you know she tells him that Spawn's the one that uh, that appeared to be there and take Cyan. Terry's obviously shocked because he knows that Spawn is actually Al Simmons, Wanda's ex-husband. Why would Spawn, why would Al take Cyan unless it's out of jealousy? And Wanda, after the police finally leave, Wanda kind of berates um, Terry saying, you know, I know there's something going on. I know there's something, you know, you're hiding from me about Spawn and yourself. Like, what is it? Terry's not about to tell her, right? What what can he say? Your ex-husband is alive. And I think maybe he's jealous of our relationship. So he took Cyan, like... Yeah, that's not, I, I can't blame Terry for not coming clean, uh, although he might have been better off had he done it. So meanwhile, Terry, you know, who's been to Rat City several times, has drawn the police a map so uh, they can go and crack down in the alleys and try to find Cyan and, uh, and get her back. So that's exactly what they do. And they don't even bother to ask any questions of the homeless. They, they've been around the block. These guys know that these homeless cover for each other. Um, you know, they have each other's backs. And so they pretty much just head right to the, uh, the center of rat city. And of course, what they find there is pretty shocking. You know, all the dead bodies, all the rotting corpses being chewed on by rats and cockroaches and worms and Cygor's body. Like this is pretty horrific. And Al who had just been about to return to the alley is watching this from above and is thinking of this as a declaration of war. So, does that mean Spawn's going to start shooting? And I, I'll put this in quote, innocent police officers, because we know <laughs> Wynn has plenty of uh, police on his payroll that um, are crooked. So who knows how many of these guys are actually 
you know, double dipping, working for NYPD and working for Jason Wynn. But we'll have to wait for next issue to see how that plays out because we uh, we find out who really was behind the abduction of Cyan as we turn to the next page. There's Cyan coloring. There's Violator in his clown form. And uh, he has kidnapped Cyan just to, to drive a wedge between Terry Fitzgerald and Spawn and Wanda. Uh, don't know if he, he realized that they were working together or if, uh, you know, there was some sort of uh, rekindled friendship that could possibly threaten what he and Malbolgia would like to see, what Jason Wynn wants. But it's kind of interesting because it wasn't so long ago that um, the violator was saying, hey, I, I can't help you when you got to do it yourself. You got to take out Spawn on your own so that Malbolgia will realize that humans don't make good hell spawn. They don't make good uh, officers in my army. But now, I don't know, maybe much like Spawn, who's grown impatient, maybe Violator grew impatient and he's decided to, to stir the pot a little bit by, by kidnapping uh, Cyan. So, um, yeah, it, it, it appears to have worked because Terry and Wanda are convinced that it was Spawn that took Cyan. So um, poor little Cyan, she, she's done nothing and never hurt anybody. But uh, yeah, kidnapped by this grotesque creature from hell. Pretty, pretty bad place to be, I'd say. Yeah. Um, yeah, we saw, I think, all the way back in like issue 50. It was either 50 or um, 54. Uh, Violator has apparently been planning to do this quite some time. He was the clown at Cyan's birthday. Yeah. So he's been hanging around the Fitzgeralds for some time. So I don't know if he's doing this to get back at Spawn. His motivations are unclear. And that is a consistent uh, thing surrounding clown. You never know what he's going to do next or why he's, he's very much a creature of chaos, whatever idea he has. That's, that's the best possible idea for him. And uh, at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's just a cruel, unusual little creature. Yeah. And interesting to follow up the uh, last issue with the two, um, two boys who'd suffered uh, physical abuse at the hands of their father who showed back up, you know, 25, 30 issues later uh, to follow that up with a kidnapping of a, of a two-year-old little girl. Pretty, <laughs> pretty rough, pretty, pretty couple rough issues for kids yeah. in the Spawn universe. Um, and the other, obviously the other big thing here, like we mentioned is Jason Wynn now knowing that Terry Fitzgerald is, um, is on to him, so to speak, is the leak has been causing him all these problems. Uh, we saw last issue with the three talking heads mentioning the continuing uh, foreign policy failures of this president, the pressures on when to resolve these issues. So yeah, it's Terry Fitzgerald's in a really bad place again, all of a sudden, because he doesn't know how to cover his tracks. Um, so yeah, it might be time to really pull the trigger for Terry and, and Al to really pull the trigger. Um, and so it's almost the worst possible time in terms of what's good for Terry and uh, Al and the best possible time in terms of what's best for Jason Wynn and the violator for Cyan to have gone missing for Cyan to be kidnapped. Yeah. They're in total disarray right now because there's potential for some coordination between Jason and clown. We know that they've been talking 
we know that they've been dealing with each other. So perhaps after Jason found out that Terry was involved with all this, maybe he had a talk with clown like, Hey, take the Fitzgerald girl. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and will Al go to war with the police? That that's a whole nother can of worms. So uh, again, great art, a lot of emotion in this, in the story. Um, I did wish we'd gotten a, a, a little bit like maybe a line or two about Cygor because I, I don't want to let that die. No, knowing who Cygor is and it, you know, we got that bombshell dropped when Cygor and Spawn fought and that issue that it's somebody that Al knew um, somebody who was actually investigating Al's death knew that, he, you know, he didn't die um, in the line of duty. Like it was uh, reported. And then that's just been left for the past two, three issues. So uh, anxious to have that to get back to that storyline but this is not the last we've seen of him in fact there is a mini series coming up soon oh, yeah. yep yeah yeah so, so look forward to that yep definitely um all right i guess that does it for this issue anything else to add like um no just the art is really amazing i love the uh the shot uh when we see wanda and uh cyan coloring you get that nice close-up on the red crayon yeah and then later on you get another identical shot starts in zoomed in on the crayon but now it's green and she's with violator just those repetition shots i absolutely love yeah i i really like the shot of al all decked out uh when he (laughs) decides to put on the bandoliers with the grenades and the bullets and the giant weapons i just it's always that juxtaposition of spawn who's such a really a fantasy character with the spikes and the chains and the cape. And then you throw some uh, cool hardware on them like that. That always works really well for me. And I also thought that the the page with Cyan and, um, and Wanda having their day together at the movies at what looks to be fast food at the grocery store, um, really selling that idea of kind of what an idyllic life they have juxtaposed on the next page where there's Spawn hanging out in his domain where there's worms, there's bats, there's spiders, there's rats. There's a nearly naked crazy man and the corpse of a cybernetic gorilla behind Spawn. Like couldn't be two different lives uh, if you, yeah. if you planned it out. So yeah, they, uh, they absolutely do a great job in, in those juxtaposing shots. Like it, it's definitely intentional that they put such an idyllic, you know, scene of domestic life, something that so many people can relate to just throw a, uh, a very macabre, horrifying scene immediately next to it, just to yep. show where our title character is and the life that he could have had. Yep, exactly. Yeah. It goes back to that comment that I, I loved where, where Al says to Terry, you know, let's get, let's get a move on. I'm supposed to just wait around while you keep sleeping with my wife. <laughs> like mm-hmm. It's just, just brutal. So yeah. uh, anyway, that's going to do it for this episode, everybody. Uh, we appreciate the support and for joining as always. Uh, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. You can find the comic source podcast on Spotify, Apple podcast, Stitcher, Google play, or whichever podcasting app you prefer. Please tell all your friends about us, subscribe and rate us. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. 
If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.